gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. Episode four. Here we go of What in the World podcast with me, your host, Oliver Dennett. As we approach a new season, there are loads more opportunities that are happening throughout the world that weren't necessarily happening back a few months ago when I started this in November. However, as we move forward, we look forward and hope to see new things happening on the horizon. But before I go into what's happening in the future, did you listen in last time to the episode where I talked to Jack Gledo, a comedian, and Megan Marley, who works in the NHS? Well, they're the moments that I enjoy the most. People thought that that was planned and that I did it on purpose. And to me, that's a compliment because it looks like I've, I've done it on purpose. But whenever it goes wrong, I've never planned it. I think people love stuff when it goes a bit wrong. People like Lee Evans and Lee Mack are, are the people that... I think Lee Evans is one of the first proper stand-ups I saw oh, within so that transition of... Just generally. Oh, Oh, terrible, terrible. We cut that bit out of your own podcast. We, we just don't have the staff at all. It's, the staff they have got are amazing and they do, they do a great job, but they are being worked to the bone, absolutely to the bone. Both very interesting insights from both of them there, but actually working within those industries, my word, it must be very tough and challenging for a variety of different reasons. If you want to find out a bit more, please go and check out episode three. However, on this episode, you'll be hearing a bit of a mixture of things, including speaking to my guests and finding out what is actually happening in the world by speaking to you. Keep listening to find out what my guest Chef Mahi has to say regarding everything from his location to finding out where his passion actually lies throughout a variety of different things that he's testing out at the moment to what vision he has and what goals he has for the future. However, before we get into all of that, let me discuss what has actually been going on in the world. Well, the world we live in never falls short of stories, and this time it's no different. On the 9th of April, we got the tragic news that Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, had passed away aged 99. Serving 73 years as the Queen's husband, taking up duties for our country, attending events and ceremonies up and down nations and also internationally, but also across the world, he left a legacy that will remain with us for many generations to come. With the Duke of Edinburgh being such a significant figure, I spoke to some of you about what he meant as a figure, a grandfather and a prince that had accomplished so much in his 99 years. He served his country in World War II and that's what makes me think that he's a good man. So he almost had an impact on the wars that were being fought around that time? He did, yeah. He was, um, he was mostly a consort for the Queen. So how has the death of Prince Philip affected you and do you think that it's affected the nation as a whole? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, I think that uh, as far as I know, he was a really good man for this country. So when I heard the news of, you know, that he passed away, I was really, really sad. And I just want to offer my condolence to this country. And uh, on the other hand, I, I can say that uh, it was a really big sadness for all of the people who love this man. Rest in peace, actually. How do you find it as someone who isn't a native person? Does that attract you to the royal family more? Yeah, actually, I think that as a person who is living in this uh, society, uh, I just want to say that we should be uh, more united than uh, before and just we should focus on our future because uh, uh, that great man uh, was looking for a great future for this country and we should and we have to continue his way and it's all of the things that I can offer for these people who love him. And with the future of not only the royal family, the monarch, but also the coronavirus coming into it, they've announced just um, recently the guest list for the funeral. Do you think it's right that the Queen is going to sit alone at the funeral? Uh, actually, uh, oh my God, is it a tricky question. Just I can say that uh, after Prince Philip or before him or with him, we have God in front of ourselves and in our side as a nation. So just we should 
uh, take great uh, care of ourselves, our children, our country, and just follow the orders of this country and all of the rules. Do you reckon it will be different without Prince Philip by her side? I think that uh, she's doing well and she has been doing the best things for this country and uh, she has us as uh, his soldiers and you know children you know that as a grandma for me for all of the people in this country and I follow him as much as I can I follow her as much as I can and uh, I think that I'm in her service why not as a person it's my you know it's my uh personal view actually you say you follow the royal family do you follow that on tv shows do you follow it on social media yeah it, it's it's something that it comes from my heart and if i uh announce that i follow the royal family it's by my heart actually it's not you know as physically or in the media or maybe i'm not really active in this field but if they say that you should do something, definitely I'm going to do that. And if they say that you should listen to NHS, I'm going to do that. Because I think that they are, uh, they are the great family and they, they are the best decision makers for this society and this country. That's it. So obviously the royal family has... It's something that we can't choose. You're either born into it or you're not. So with Harry going away from the royal duties do you think that's right of him yeah uh, to be honest with you i think that uh, we should respect to all of the people and all of the beliefs and uh i'm not gonna judge harry but i hope that uh he had made the best decision in his life and do you think that with harry and william's grandfather passing away it will bring the bond closer because i know that in the media at the moment or with him moving away and the oprah winfrey interview it's kind of been a bit of a royal rift at the moment hasn't it i think that he has made his decision and maybe he comes to his uh, funeral uh but uh i'm not sure because i know harry as a you know great person and really strong person and uh, in my view is that uh he has ma made his decision own decision uh, he's not gonna come back to the royal family actually as a person who has lived in middle east and the countries like iran uh for example iran turkey azerbaijan and some countries like this i think that uh most of people they know royal family uh as a one of the most powerful families in the world because you know that uh, obviously, you know, the Queen Elizabeth, she doesn't need any passport for traveling around the world. So, so it's really, really, how can I say it, impressive for the people in the Middle East. But uh, unfortunately, because of the, some uh, politic uh, issues and problems between uh, governments uh, in the Middle East with the British governments, maybe they don't really like uh, some of the governments in this country, but they do love royal family, actually. Yeah. And what countries have you lived in in your lifetime? Uh, actually, I've lived in uh, more than 15 countries, European countries, uh, you know, Asian countries like Thailand, Malaysia and Germany, Netherlands and France and uh, Scotland. Uh, as a matter of fact, because, uh, because of the really complicated history, I mean exactly about the relation of the Britain, Great, Great Britain with uh, the Middle Eastern countries, we can't say that the most of these people or governments in this area of the world, they really do love a royal family or actually Britain. Now, to be honest with you, have a look to the history of the relation between Britain, I mean, spe specifically about the governments, Britain and Middle, and Middle Eastern countries. They haven't had really good relations, so the most of the governments in this area, they do, maybe they don't like or dislike this royal family, but about the usual people, they really do love royal family. Do you reckon that the fact that the royal family is so powerful, it puts Great Britain and England on the map? Definitely, and uh, I just want to have a flashback to the Victoria era, and uh, since that era, you can see that the governments and the royal family have been trying to have a great situation for these people, for this society and for this country. Obviously, it's hard to take in that day it happened. Um, my own family um, was quite close to the royal family in terms of watching, um, reading. But myself, I wasn't really, like, you know, involved with that kind of stuff. Do you think that's because it's sort of a generational thing and that the royal family may not be 
as impactful in your life as it was your nana's? I think it's more impactful on my other nana's life because obviously she was around those times in the 90s. Um, but obviously for me, growing up in the 2000s, it hasn't had the biggest impact on me. So I'll say probably more impact on my family than myself. The royal family to me is very important because I am a monarchist or a royalist. I think they do tremendous work behind the scenes that the public doesn't generally see. And people in the family, particularly Prince Philip, who we only heard what the, was reported in the newspapers, obviously did a lot of hard work and was extremely supportive of the Queen and her duties. He, he undertook many tours abroad and particularly interested in wildlife, conservation and technology, which is pushing um, all industry forward. And he did, he was a great, great asset and will be sorely missed. I do remember him when he got married and this beautiful couple standing on the steps of Westminster Abbey. It was really uplifting just after the war and we were hoping for a new Elizabethan era, which we undoubtedly had. What um, effect did you see when he was in the war? What um, legacy did he leave? I don't know too much about his, his war um, activities. I was uh, only a child at the time, but he was obviously very involved and a leader of men. And as it's been discovered, he would probably have been Lord High Admiral of the Fleet had he been able to continue his career and not having to be um, a consort to Queen Elizabeth. And was your parents heavily involved in the royal family and wanted to know more about them? They were was that very, just from you? very pro-royal family because the royal family is above politics. They are there come what politicians, prime ministers come and go. They are there as a very stabilising influence and a calming influence. And they are the family of the nation, the mother of the nation, which other countries envy us. How, how come they envy us? Because what? other countries are involved very much in politics. The president is a politician, but and that's the head of the country. Whereas in our situation, it is the royal family who oversee all the politics and they are completely neutral. Whatever their inner thoughts may be, they have to maintain neutrality. So in your opinion, do you feel like it's better to have a monarchy at the top or a prime minister? A monarchy. I've always lived with a monarchy and I can't imagine any other situation. Do you reckon if it were just to be a government-led country that it might go a bit pear-shaped? It would be vastly, vastly different. And I think we cannot begin to understand the complications and the dismantling of a hierarchy that has been here for hundreds and hundreds of years. It would be disaster. And what did you think of Prince Philip's funeral itself? I thought it was, under the circumstances, I thought it was excellent. It was very reverend. It was very personal and ideal in the circumstances. I know he arranged it and he did an excellent job. I think it's given Harry and William time to have at least some conversation and maybe heal some of the rift. Maybe not 100%, but over time, things will improve. They are brothers, they do need each other, and hopefully it will it will settle down and and the two families will be you know united on occasions and it's with the queen's birthday as well her birthday week how do you reckon she'll be celebrating because you must have followed the queen as she was appointed queen and for her coronation and then obviously throughout the decade you must have seen her grow influence new rules into the country Oh, yes, yes. Well, no doubt they had something planned for her 95th birthday. But under the circumstances, I'm sure it will be just a very quiet family affair. 
and maybe nothing particular will happen in spite of celebrations that were going to take place for her 95th I think she'll just be a it'll just be a quiet family affair which is as it should be and it's what she wants fair enough what was your standout moment that you remember from Prince Philip's life that's difficult to say isn't it because he had so many he did so many tours and so many public occasions and celebrations um I loved it when the red arrows went over and they were on the balcony and all the whole family sort of looking up and enjoying it and bringing in the younger members, Prince George and um, Princess Charlotte and introducing them to the um, the regime of, of royalty. And having all those generations there from great-grandfather to grandfather. Yes. Very important. We're very, very lucky. We have an enormous royal family and admittedly they don't all need the best jobs but the the nearest to the monarchy do appear to work very hard apart from one or two who tend to slip by no names. (laughs) And if you were in that position of potentially being up there, being the monarch, with, with Harry obviously stepping down from royal duties, do you think he made the right decision? That is very difficult to answer, very difficult. He married an American and there was always a possibility that he would go to live in America. And if he did that, he would automatically opt out of his royal duties. And so it must have been on the books that that sort of thing would happen. I don't think there's much more I can add about the prince there as that was such a phenomenal tribute to what he meant and how he expressed his vision across so many different people in so many different ways. Now another big story that has managed to gain world headlines no matter where you look or where you're based is the American police and how they undertake their duties and their role within the community. Now I'm not saying anything bad as I've never actually encountered an American police officer. However, if I say the names Micaiah Bryant, Adam Toledo and Deontay Wright, these are all young people who have tragically had their lives taken from them because of officers Nicholas Reedon, Eric Stillman and Kim Potter respectively. Each of these young victims have their own story and reason as to why they tragically passed away. What I believe is more shocking is the locations that this actually happens in and the age of the victims being taken. Deontay Wright was shot dead less than 10 miles away from the trial of Derek Chauvin, the officer who knelt on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. Adam Toledo was a young 13 year old boy who was totally innocent with hands up in the police footage, but complying with the officer's demand but still managed to have his life taken away from him as he got shot by Eric Stillman, the parents of Deontay Wright, who was shot dead by a veteran police officer during a traffic stop, say they are refusing to accept that the cop accidentally fired her gun instead of a taser. Police said a struggle broke out when they tried to arrest Wright after running his name and realising he had an outstanding warrant. The following Tuesday after the shooting took place, PC Kim Potter then resigned issuing a short resignation letter but she made no mention of the deadly shooting. The United States First Lady Camilla Harris says US gun violence must end in the wake of the Indianapolis mass shooting but this will very much be a statement to all officers across the nation. In other news, ASDA has announced plans to scrap some of its in-store bakeries in a move that could put up to 1,200 jobs at risk. Asda said that it started a consultation with staff over the move, stressing that the staff redundancies were the last option they had. Because of this, I spoke to a few of you to discuss what a supermarket bakery means for you. I think bakeries are important. I think supermarkets have ruined bakeries because they just fill everything with chemicals. I'd much preferred it when we had a proper high street where we could go to a bakery, a greengrocer's, a butcher's and a fishmonger's. The supermarkets decided it was all going under one roof, killed off the high street, and now they've decided that they don't want to sell it anymore either. So where are we supposed to go? So um, how much do you reckon it's going to affect people's lives? Because as there is putting 1,200 jobs at risk. 
well, it's, it's going to have a massive impact on people's lives. That's more jobs losing in retail. We've already seen a massive job loss over retail since COVID, and it's only going to get worse. And the more automation takes over, and the more they try and sell it cheap and pump it full of rubbish, and then the less healthy we're going to be, and the worse off we're going to be. How enticing do you think a bakery is to a supermarket? A proper bakery that bakes fresh with the with the minimum ingredients would be very enticing, but unfortunately it's not. It's all part baits, all full of chemicals and additives that aren't needed, and that's probably why people don't want it. We want proper bakeries that are selling proper, fresh bread with the basic four ingredients. So do you feel like this is now going to help the smaller bakeries that may not get that much attention because they're more local? I hope so. I think that they are in one aspect um, because, for example, from Tesco's point of view, they do bring customers in, they sell a lot of bakeries, so it, it must make them money. And, you know, if somebody's in the store and they smell a freshly baked croissant or a loaf, then they're likely to buy it. But on the other hand, there is an argument, because as does close theirs, that it's better for small independent bakeries if Tesco, Morrison's, Asda, etc. didn't have bakeries they would flourish which would be great obviously because you support your local business and all that type of stuff so there's arguments on the both side but for me they are quite integral because they do very well especially like places like Lidl. What what bakery is your favourite? Lidl's got the best one in my opinion. <laughs> Lidl's got a good bakery. It's all the same stuff really but Lidl's just is, is always just really full and tidy and it's quite cheap. And talking about money there how much profit does a bakery make? I don't know but I know that for example, like they sell the croissants for like a pound, for example, and they don't make cost that much to make. They probably cost twenty p, thirty p to make. So, do you feel like bakeries are an important part of a supermarket? Personally, no. Anything that you can get in a bakery, you can buy pre-packed. And do you think that it's going to have a big effect with them closing? It won't have a big effect on the store and the profit margin that they make, but it'll have a big effect on people's livelihood because they're going to lose jobs. And with over a thousand people losing their jobs and COVID as well at this time, how do you reckon that's going to impact their livelihood and also mental health? It's not going to be good for people, is it? They're going to have to find work that's going to make the mental health even worse. Yeah, because old folks get the bakery, the bread, the stuff from there, don't they? It's easy for them to get it. And do you feel like if a store didn't have a bakery section, it would lose out on a few different things? Not really, no. Do you buy any bakery items yourself? It depends sometimes. Bread, donuts, stuff like that. There we have it, a mix of very different opinions ranging from things ranging from profit margins to work that has to be done in store to the waste itself. There are so many different aspects of a bakery that may not go noticed until it's missing in the morning when you really need it most. Now, sticking with the theme of food, it's becoming more and more common that independent shops are showcasing what they can offer. I spoke with Chef Mahi all about his culture, idea and aspiration for what he has in mind. Yo, that's uh, Chef Mahi and coming up with vibes to flavours, you know. I'm based at home, I'm based in the kitchen, you know. In the kitchen, I honestly, I love to like feel the vibes and just mix flavours with flavours, you know. And... I'm actually vegan. Okay. And so with that, I'm actually more like finding ways to make the vegan to be more like a... Substantial in the menu and what you're trying to achieve. Right. And what is that sort of goal? Do you have a month vision? Do you have a weekly vision, a a yearly vision? How are you sort of looking at your products? I'm honestly looking for it to be a life thing, you know? A life goal. Yeah. And there isn't really an end target. It's just yeah, carry it's on just going, achieve one. Because that's that's honestly my favorite part of the house to be in is the kitchen. Yeah. Has that yeah. been has that been the case ever since you were younger? Well, yeah. Been? Ever since I was young, I've been around the kitchen watching my mother cook. Uh-huh. You know, and she would always say, "Pass uh-huh. this, pass that," uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like. Just yeah. there on hand, the second yeah, extra and pair. I, I like she's she's never taught me to use this ingredients and so forth. Honestly, I just watch, observe with my eyes and just and then yeah. And honestly, uh, 
ever since I started cooking, I never had a thing to like taste my food as I, you know what I mean, as I go. Okay. I you leave it right until the very end. Yeah. You, you, you just I always wait to surprise myself. <laughs> always wait to surprise myself. I mean, some people just don't, they have to sort of eat it. They have to be inquisitive about the flavours and how it's going to turn out. Oh, is it too salty? Do you know what I mean? There's different things about right. that. But it's how do you feel about going in and just going for it, putting new flavours together and just thinking, just try it, see how it comes out. Do you yeah. feel like it's a risk at all? It's like no, no risk at all. It's like, honestly, that's where my joy comes in cooking. Actually putting stuff together and adding this seasoning or this flavours, you know, and just being like, wow, I know this can come up nice, you know? No. So what is what is your favorite flavor then, personally, to you? Okay, well, I'm a spice guy. <laughs> First of all, I'm a spice guy, you know? Uh, but my favorite flavor to use is, I would say, jerk. Jerk chicken. Jerk, jerk, or jerk, jerk. Jerk, is, yeah, jerk season. Because I, I relate immediately jerk to jerk chicken. Yeah, I know. But can, yeah, can, you, right. can you put it on different meats? Or how does it work? Tell me a little bit Honestly, more about it. Honestly, like I say, I'm vegan. I'm actually, okay, yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm actually having sweet peppers to be jerked and all. Right, that's like, what you use as sub, the substitute. Right, like what I would do, I would just cut the sweet peppers up, uh, straight long cut, and I would just bake them for five minutes, you know, and not even that long. I would say about three minutes, just bake them, and then I'll actually add my jerk seasoning, you know. Okay. okay. And then yeah. put it in the and put it in the oven for another five minutes. Yeah. So you do oven cooking, boiling, frying. I do. The list is endless. It is. <laughs> yes, endless. It's endless. Okay, and it's endless. Obviously, your accent there—it's not. Um, it's quite unique, isn't it? It's got a bit of a mixture of a few different countries that I've been told. Tell me about where you've been been growing up, what you've learned growing up. Have you lived in just a few different places? How's it been for you? What's your journey been? Well, I'm actually from the Turks and Caicos. Okay. Turks and I Caicos mean, Island. It's not something that I immediately no. go to and yeah. think, oh, I know where that is. Well, but... it's a very, very small place right next to the Bahamas. Oh, that must yeah. be nice right next weather. To the Bahamas. But, um... Uh, yeah, I'm from the Turks and Caicos, and like I said, I grew up most of my time just being home. Okay. And I would used to like ramble about, go about around the areas and see what's going on, you know. And uh, what happened is that after graduating from high school, I never was the type to say, well, thought about going to college, you know. I just mostly started saying I'm gonna work yes. and earn my money and then try to invest in some in, into something that I actually love to do. You know, and cooking never came on my mind at that time. It was mostly like just saying like I was thinking about uh, investing into music. Okay. Yeah. You know, like starting a band, like getting stuff, you know. Am I right in thinking you do play a bit of guitar sometimes? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. Do what sort of play. guitar do you like? What what sort of style do you go for? Well, I go for I'll go for a Gibson, a Gibson electric Gibson. But uh, honestly, it's like whatever type of guitar I actually feel. Once I go in the guitar store, I'll actually you know feel like purchasing. You say that you're very focused and you want to be very driven and a passion of yours. Is that passion cooking, or have you yet to find that passion? Is it something you're just trying out? What's your sort of journey with this? Ever since I started going through in my uh, in my journey of becoming who I am right now, Rastafari, there was a lot of events that took place, you know, within the you, area that you were. Well, not actually the area, you know, but uh, there's another area where most of the people that actually participate and also share the same views and faith that I do. They actually hold events and I would all 
always be the chef there. Oh, okay. I would always be in the kitchen, you know, cooking and. That's amazing. And, so yeah. your food was getting literally spread across a whole. It was getting spread across the the whole the whole island of my the country. whole island. Yeah. And what is the population of your island? Because I know you it's know, quite small, isn't it? Population, honestly, the last time I checked, the population <laughs> was like, I would say no less than. 40,000. 40, that's 40, less than a Premier League 40. football stadium, that. Yeah. That's, that's... But yeah, yeah, honestly, that's that's just for, like, the locals. Yeah. But as it comes to the foreigners actually living there, okay. yeah, I would say about, yeah, all total, I would say about 100,000, no less there than 100,000. No so, 100, just so I've got the maths here, there's more tourists in the country than there are native people. No, it's actually it's it's more native. Okay. But you just have a lot of foreigners that actually live there too as well. Okay, and it is it is it tourism that's the biggest sort of factor and money making scheme in that's this country? That's the biggest thing right there. And has it tourism. Al- has it always been like that? And tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. How's it been growing up? Have you had a lot of people in your class who were different different races, different languages coming in. Well, I grew up mostly uh, from primary school. I did one, there was one school that I went to that was actually a private school and it was a Christian school. And yeah, we had a lot of mixed race. We had uh, within the teachers, you know, we had a lot of mixed race with the teachers too as well. So my high school, I went to government. So my high school time, I went to government, and there was actually just, uh, I would say, on one hand, I could count the mixed race that was actually there. But there was actually another school that in my country where you have actually, you know, where. I would say a private school where it's more those who actually has that amount the of money. Capacity yeah, to... They actually go there. And obviously, how many. In England, there's loads of high schools within even a county, a city. What's it like over in, over there? How many people go to a sort of a high school? And is it is it made out of different material because of the, the temperature and the build that sort of surrounds the. The island itself, the humidity must be insane. Well, honestly, the uniform what they wear is actually it's a bit similar to how I'd say the is it the high schoolers? Yeah, with high schoolers tie blazers blazers. And they've got either it's uh there's no blazers. No. So it's just a uniform shirt. They must be loving that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the boys who just wear I'll say the same way how the boys dress. T-shirts, long pants. Oh, okay. Long long pants with a short shirt. Okay. You can't have shorts there then. No. Just in the lower primary schools, you could have shorts, but in the high school, you actually have to have long pants. And is there any other rules there that uh, you follow that maybe? Oh, no cell phones. No cell. No cell phones. Wait, in in the country. In the school. Oh, in the school. Yeah, no cell phones. Otherwise, detention yeah. and staying after detention, class, writing that's lines. actually the phone getting taken away from you <laughs> until, until midterm or whatever, you know. So after school then, did, is that when you came over to England? What what made you move? What, what was your transition? Well, I actually came over here, I'd say about two, honestly, about nine months now. Oh, nine months recent. Now. Yeah. And uh, my move is actually the love of over here, you know. I've been hearing about England. My last job before I mm. came here, I was actually working for two guys that was actually from England. Okay, from so UK, you, you, know? you understood the language, so a bit I of the culture. The, yeah, the language. <laughs> and there was a lot of tourists that was coming from the UK too that I was taking out on my tour. I was actually a tour guide. Okay, so wh- where, take, were you, where were your tour guide at? Uh, at a company called Big Blue Collective. Big Blue Collective? Yeah, down in Leeward Marina in the Turks and Caicos Islands. And yeah, so I was a tour guide there and I would take guests um, out on the kayaks. Okay. You know, yeah. I would take them to the mangrove where they would see the, I would say the baby nursery, the, the nursery. So you did, know, 
did you have to do training for that? Were you first right. aid or yeah, I had health to and do, safety? Right, I had to do the training for it. Yeah. And honestly, a couple of times I failed. Really? <laughs> How know, many times? I, I honestly I failed but two times. Okay, yeah, that's you know? not bad. I failed my but, driving time my driving test more than two times. So two times. <laughs> we'll go we won't go into that, but I, that's not bad. Failing two times is not bad. The main thing is you managed to succeed. Right. And that's but, yeah, so after that I mean it was like uh, I became successful after the third one. And yeah, tour guide and yeah, the guests have just been telling me about, you know, how they love the island and so forth. And I was like, I've been here over all my years now. I've never lived anywhere else. I would love a different experience, you know. And, yeah, and I asked them where they're from. And they told me England, you know, from the UK, you know. And I was like, okay, so over there is where it's cold, right? And she was like, yeah, I mean that what, that me. weather change. I, yeah, why, why would you think that weather? Is, right? <laughs> you, you must be out there. The must warm breeze. The, I know, the right? sun, no clouds, like, beaming bro. down. Do you, do you step out and the outside is warmer than the inside? Warmer than the inside, man. Wow, that's warmer just a feeling. Inside. And now you're here. Sometimes it's like you gotta all you gotta find like shade. Yeah, something to like. Go under to dust. Just to cool down. Yeah, get away from the sun a bit, you know. Is there any dress codes at all that you have to follow? No, it's actually you dress how you feel. So, um, has there been, music-wise, any sort of tune that you can play on the guitar at all? Or any sort of iconic note that's sort of yours? Any acoustic songs that you play at all? Or yeah. how's it sort of going? I do have a few, you know. Yeah, go on. I do have a few. There's actually, yeah, there's a few of them on Spotify and iTunes. Okay. You can be able to find them. And it's actually The Empress Swims. And that will be posted in the bio at the bottom of the episode. And f also for uh, the message behind Vice the Flavors. Let's is, talk. Now, that's something that I actually... You know, through my passion, my love for cooking, you know, from everywhere I've been since I've been here in the UK, you know, I've been preparing meals for myself, you know, I've been, eat, uh, been eating takeaways, you know. What sort of takeaways are your favourite? Let's go uh, down the list. <laughs> <laughs> you must yeah. get inspiration from a few yeah. different... Well, my favourite takeaway, honestly, is a veggie burger. But we're not talking McDonald's here, are we? No, we're talking we're actually... We're talking... It's, I can't remember, you know, Big, big Slot? Burger Slot. Burger Slot. Burger Slot. That's it, that's it, I'm the one. Burger Slot, yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm going to take away a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it, yeah. My little time now and then. From just moving about and just doing, actually cooking, preparing meals, you know. I've been saying, okay, yeah, I could do a bit of cooking, get a bit of the neighbors to try my food and see if they would like it, you know, and start preparing for them in a portion or if they would like for me to come and prepare it for them, that's uh, no problem, hmm. you know. So stuff like that I had plans on doing. And there was this app that I actually got introduced to that's called Next Door Neighbor. Store neighbors on yeah. the app store and on the app store, yeah. Okay. And so with that, I actually started getting on there and getting to know a few people around the area. And do you have to have the app in order to get to know yes. people? How does it sort of work with interactions? Because surely, if I could drive around a village and have the app and the Bluetooth on and it picks up a signal, would that mean I'm around there now or? No, How no. Would you it, get to it, know it just, sort of it just actually it just actually shows you the the person. Right, and it's you, just, you have to have a face. You have to have a picture. Yeah, a profile. They show okay. you the profile, and it shows you the exact area where they actually live in, like just the name. Like for instance, uh, Littleton Road. That's yeah. all. They won't have no postcode, nothing like that. No personal details, but yeah. So. 
with that and you could just chat with them and they can actually link up with you uh, anywhere around that area you know that That's actually nice. stays around that same area and then you're thinking of then that's how you're going to deliver your food right because and move you, forward go on you can actually you can actually promote whatever it is you have as a business okay you know on the app too as well so this and isn't just directly towards food or directly towards clothes for example it's, it's a variety of different things isn't yeah it? it's just the app to know your neighbors them and know what's going on to keep you updated what's going on around the neighborhood okay, okay. yeah and where have you sort of lived throughout the uk has it been a variety of different places did you pick up a few different yeah. recipes from a different house well yeah i've i've well, the first time I came to the UK, I was located in Hull. In Hull. In Hull. Okay, that's yeah. right up northeast. Right. Wow. Yeah. For, in, the Humber, for, in the Humber. So. In the Humber. Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos. Caicos. Right. Right. So from Turks and Caicos to Hull. Wow. Hull. That's how did you deal with that? That there was, I think about twelve hours. Twelve hour flight. Twelve hours flight. So you must have been jet lagged. Completely. <laughs> yeah. Do you do a lot of traveling? Uh, I've done, I've do, I've done quite a few traveling before I came here. Okay, whereabouts? Uh, I've traveled to New Jersey. An anywhere colder than Hull? No. <laughs> That's no. definitely the coldest. Yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. I traveled to New Jersey. Uh, been to New York. Been to Philadelphia, Washington. So yeah, you've been to Miami, Washington. Is that just to go sightseeing? Do you know any people there? Do you yeah. network? How's it? Most of it was just. Most of it was actually staying there. Oh, okay. Like not staying there actually, you know, living wise, but just like did a few days, like three, four days, passing through, like, and yeah, the other ones was just like at the airport. You know, had time yeah. to just ran out and do a little sightseeing but just choose to stay there at the airport you know so would you say that traveling and food are two of your biggest hobbies and passions as well as music of course well it's food it's food food, food yeah, is number one food, food is just food <laughs> you know and it's been seven oh, i'd say about eight years now eight years now since i've been vegan but along that journey, I've also been pescatarian too as well, like just eating fish. Yeah, okay. now I'm, yeah, I, I stopped eating fish now. And what made you want to stop? Was it health reasons? Was it getting back into shape, just want to get fitter? Was it just a change of why not? Well, you know, it's just getting back into the right thing, you know. That's, okay. That's, 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 that's our way to eat, you know, vegan, you, you know, but... Do you not agree with eating meat then, or how do you personally feel about it? Say, because yeah. you cook some meals still, and there's still chicken in there, isn't there, or right. some sort of other meat. How do you feel about the other people? Is it something that, because you're a chef, it, you're sort of being professional about it? Right. Well, honestly, I don't judge the people that eat meat. Yeah. You know? And honestly, it's just whatever they heart love, whatever they want. Yeah. And if they ask me to prepare for them, that's no problem, you know. And I've also, along my journey of uh, being vegan slash pescatarian, I've also actually was staying with my parents at the same time for for quite a few uh, years okay and, and they actually still eat meat so i had to actually wow, witness to all of that still you know yeah but there was no problem because it was like it just made me even more to like reject you, it you know you, so you sound very chilled in the way that you're thinking you sound very like you know step by step what you want to get to at the end of it all but was there any arguments in the kitchen with mum at all or anyone in the family? How, how was sort of home life? Have you, has it been nice growing up and has food been something that 
both ev or everyone in the family is really passionate about? Where did you find it? Well, honestly, my mother and my father could cook. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you both, were destined. They both, they both, yeah, they both could could put it down in the kitchen. We like to say. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone in my family could cook. You know, everyone in my family. Everyone in the Turks and Caicos could cook. Sorry about that. <laughs> the whole nation. Everyone, yeah. Everyone could cook. Because you got different, even for the different nationalities, you know, you have there too. They also have some awesome dishes there too as well, you know. Awesome dishes. You know? Go on then. So what's like the main ingredients of a good traditional Turks and Caicos meal? Because in England we have roast dinner, a cup of tea, maybe eggs on toast. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me. You're the... You're the one who came here. You'll pick yeah. this up more than me. Well, honestly, I don't know if the UK is familiar with this. Uh, this thing called grit. Grit. G-R-I-T. G-R-I-T-S. Grit. Okay. Grit. Okay. Yeah. And what's that made up of? What's, what's this? I can't visualize it. It's literally just corn grind up very fine. like. Okay. So not on the cob, just straight on the plate. Yeah, it's it's very like I said, it's very it's it's almost like you know corn like corn on the cob cornmeal. Ever seen cornmeal? Cornmeal. Yeah, cornmeal in a bag. Wow, this is not English at all. You can just That's tell. Good. This is it. It's yeah. sort of like a porridge rice pudding I, sort I, of I look to it. It's more like American. It's, Amer okay. it's an American thing. What, what's it taste like? I want to taste it now. Honestly, bro, it tastes like grind up corn. Okay. Like corn porridge. So, it, so it's very healthy then? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's healthy, you know, but you have different you have different kinds, different more flavors. I'm more used to that one right there, the, regular, the original. So, so you say put original. Put a little bit of salt. Put a little bit of salt in it. There's ways you have to cook it though, and everyone can cook grits. So that's one yeah, thing. That's a skill that you have to acquire. What? Of course. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because yeah, so you got lumpy grits. Oh, lumpy no. grits ain't good. You don't know oh, no, lumpy no, grits. No. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I, I suppose yeah. <laughs> you've experienced it. You know right. firsthand. Right. So yeah, but um, but it's yeah. So to the local main dish, I'll say peas and grits and fish, steamed snapper fish. Oh, and is that cod? Is that salmon? What? What's That's it? actually snapper. It's it's Caribbean snapper fish. Oh, okay. Is it right local, off the shore? Local, local fish. Very nice. And yeah, is that and something that there are a lot of fishermen then in? Yeah you, yeah, you have a lot of fishermen in my country. Do a lot of people work on the shore then, on on the beach? Yeah, you have a lot of people work on the beach because you have the tourism. They come on the beach and people actually... Make you know, their trade there sort of thing. Yeah, they trade, they actually... This and um, with, with the restaurants then and the sort of food that comes off fresh, is that sort of a message that you wanted to put into your food as well? Honestly, it's mostly just my through my mother cooking, you know. Wow, really? She was yeah, that much of an inspiration. Me, right. Did yeah. you have any brothers or sisters at all? Yeah. If you got a big family, what are, are the, are the family's quite big family. there? Yeah, it's a big family. It's a big family. Big on two sides. Yeah, mother and father. Yeah, both. big on both sides. I was the baby boy out of all of it, though. I okay, so you got treated nicely then, yeah. surely. No, come on. my. <laughs> come on. The, the no baby of the family gets rough, away man. with everything. I had it rough, man. <laughs> well, if you rough, had it rough, uh, rough, I dread to think what your brothers and sisters had. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was the oldest one. So I got yeah. taught straight from then. And then... I can't really remember too much of my childhood because I was here, there, and everywhere. I was in about three different cities. So through moving and just trying to solidify a few different friends, do you know what I mean? That was the main thing for me. But from you being in Hull, uh, Manchester, what, where other places have you been? You've been dotted around. How have you sort of managed to fit in? Well, honestly... I know myself to be a cool person, you know. 
and I don't know how I present myself to you. If you don't like it, honestly, you know, however your reaction be. I've been actually just going to the park a lot and I've been finding a lot of guys who actually, you know, does what I actually do too as well. You know, cool out, hold a medi, you know, and just hold a vibe, you know, and yeah, we get along, you know, and they show me how it go. They make me to know the areas and how things maneuver and so forth, and yeah. So you have that, your mates there who you see, you have the vibes there that you try and integrate into food, which I've just had a meal of yours, and wow, the flavors on there. Check out the Instagram at vibes to flavors, V Y B Z D E F L A V A Z. I just think. Yes, right? yeah, you got it. Right? right. Oh you my word, right. I'm so happy. I'm sweating, right. I'm sweating, you know, I'm from my right. forehead. But I got yeah, that. So but yeah, up. check that out and make yeah. sure you can tell them. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say, you You explain yeah. what you can find on there. Yeah, that, uh, honestly, well, the story behind that is a story. Very pretty. You know, uh, I've actually, from where I was located before where I'm at now, that was actually, uh, that was one of the most amazing time of my journey, I would say, you know. Where, where, where was that? Uh, Before in, in, in Salford. In Salford. In Salford. Okay, okay. In Manchester. Uh, but, yeah, so, where I'm staying, there's been two... Angels, I gotta call them. Two angels that was actually been a blessing to me. You know, mm -hmm. and honestly, they all helped me came up with actually vibes, the flavors. Okay, you know, so you were living with people and they were your inspiration for the right. for the cafe, for the... Right. For, you, you is it cafe, restaurant, what? Well, it, honestly, it's a kitchen. Okay. It's a kitchen. Okay. It's a That's kitchen. nice. It's a kitchen, you know. That brings nice, up the quality nice, of it nice times kitchen, ten. Because yeah. yeah. sometimes you don't, I don't know, for me, I like eating clean. So right. it didn't used to be that way. My word, it did not used to be that way. Right. But now I wouldn't mind waiting that extra 10, 15 minutes to get that, that nicer feel that once you've eaten, you're satisfied. I feel like with a burger... Or you know you know something a bit more unhealthy, a bit more processed, a bit more things with a few additives. You you get slumped for three hours in your skin. You start feeling it. You feel lethargic. <clears throat> Whereas your food here does not do that in the slightest, because the time now is a bit late. But regardless of that, I still feel alive. Whereas the other food, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, you see. Honestly, it's where so much love and time getting put into the food, you know, in the cooking process. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I love to prep. I love to do preparations, you know, first, you know. Okay. That helps on, on every meal? Yeah. Okay. That, that helps even for when I'm actually cooking for myself. I like to prep first, you know, and that actually helps me to cook. The, the process of cooking to be more quicker. Okay. No. So, so say you have half an hour and you may have work or some sort of other commitment that you need to go to. What would be your go-to thing to whip up quickly? Toast bread. Toasted bread. With mashed avocados, slice oh. of tomatoes. Okay, you know, okay. And I'll say a slice of cheese. So you got tomatoes, cheese, avocado. Would tuna go in there? That would be my next question that I'll be thinking in the fridge. Ooh, no, do I put John Weston? <laughs> no. I, no? I, no. Is it too much? Yeah, vegan. Okay. No fish. Ooh. Yeah, I give up that. Would it, would it fit, though? Would it fit as a meal? Ooh, would you, of would, course. Would you that would know? actually... Man, you can put whatever you want put with that. 
Okay. It's an open book. Yeah. And is that something that you feel is so important, not only in cooking, not only in growing up, but also in the future as well, just opening up and giving other people a chance? Yeah, man. Definitely something that you want to see strive in maybe your company or maybe the, the people's food and their opinions, their feedback. What sort of feedback and ways can people help grow what you're trying to achieve here? Man, honestly, honestly, I, 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 it's like no worries or nothing. Mainly, I don't, I ain't bothered with that. You know, it's okay. basically, I just doing it for the love. Oh, that's you know, nice. I just that's doing nice. it for the love, you know. Plus, you know, like I saying, it's mostly going to be just vegan. Yeah. You know, it's going to be meatless stuff too as well, where you have like chicken, but it's not actually chicken. It's okay, you're going to substitute yeah. it, season it. Who, who is... Plant-based food. Plant-based nice. food. Plant-based nice. food, you nice. know. So, honestly, like I say, so it's going to be something that I'm going to be eating too as well. So, it's going to be... Something you can work on and if there's yes, some criticism, you can see that. Point flavors. Okay. And I feel that, especially over in the last five years, plant-based food has become so big. I don't know whether that's just over in England or other countries or other areas even. But it's something that's become that the world has sort of woken up to. Yeah. Like we can't just be killing animals all the time, can we? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I'm sure you were saying there back in um, Turks and Caicos that if there's no cows, there's no meat, there's no burgers. Sort of how how does it work with the food over there? No, it's more no, it's it's it's, it's more like they have the food, they have the grocery stores, you know, and with that they go fishing okay. you know so they eat they eat a lot of seafood too as well they eat a lot of seafood as long as uh alongside with the meat too as well you know and yeah that vegans you won't you won't really find much vegans inside my country but there's a good handful of them there's a good handful of them Okay. There's a good handful of them, you know. And is it is it vegans that you're trying to target? Like, what's your sort of target audience? No, it's actually targeting okay. everyone, you know. Targeting everyone because even the ones who actually eat meat, you know, like I said, have to plant-based food there too as well. So that there will be chefed down and flavored with vibes to flavors. And Chef Mahi, you know. That can be nice and flavor with that, so yeah, it can be tasting just like how a regular meat would actually be tasting, whether it's chicken or whether if it's actually uh, what's the kind of meat you guys over here? The 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 tikka? beef, pork, the like like the tikka, the, the tikka. chicken tikka. Yeah, like you know those stuff that I, I see that's mostly popular in the fast in the fast. Yes, yes. In the kebab and so forth. However, there's, you know, there's always late night food yeah, that people just want to eat quickly. Yeah, honestly, honestly, with the meat, people just love the meat more because the way that it's seasoned. Yes, it's you know? it's something that when I was growing up personally, my mum was never really seasoned food. Really? really, not too much. A bit of salt, wow. a bit of pepper, but I can't remember it. Maybe, but I wow. can't really remember it too much. I feel like it was very bland, a bit of butter, but just something to... Yeah. It, it was nice, but because I never really had that spice, had that, that season, good, though. That was I didn't good, know actually. any difference. That was good, though, actually, because that actually is more healthier. Is it? So, you know? Is that because of the calories that the spice and seasoning contain? They or? actually contain, yeah. Most of the seasonings, they actually contain some, yeah, some serious chemicals in there that actually is not uh, not easy to digest and so forth. Okay, C- can they cause an illness, do you know? Or how? Yeah, most of them can cause cancer. Really? Yeah, they are on the earth cancer. So if you have too much seasoning, you can higher your risk of getting cancer? Yeah. Wow. You can. Okay, I need to reevaluate things. (laughs) The amount of seasoning I have, because I'm like you, I just love tasting something different, something that 
once it's in your taste buds, you kind of they get addicted to it. It's an addiction. Do you not think that some spices are an addiction? I do think so. I do think so. No. Because I know a lot of people that can't eat food without tomato ketchup on their plate, for example. That's still an addiction to a sauce, isn't it? I love hot sauce. You love hot sauce. And Kona is my go-to. I love hot sauce. Frank's. No. The Nando's one, I'm not sure. Literally. Yeah, it's like any hot sauce, but my main hot sauce is the, the Cuberino one. Uh, I can't even remember the name. Oh, okay. You know, but it's one of the hottest hot sauces. Wow. With any kind of hot sauce that's very hot. If, and have you tried give any... Me it, let me, give me it. Let me deal with it. Have you, <laughs> let me deal with it. I'll try it. There's nothing that you're going to say no to, that you're always no. up for a challenge in that aspect. Yeah. And has it been something that, a challenge in setting up to where you've got to today? Has there been any sort of big major fallbacks that you've had to, to get into this point? Well, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of good timeouts. The fallbacks, I won't even count down, mm. you know, because it's more... You have to, you have to face, you have to face a lot of obstacles through the journey, you know. So it's something like, I, I give thanks for, I give thanks for the obstacles, I give thanks for, you know. You've sort of, of seen them as speed bumps, you get over them, get up. Yeah. And ride on through, carry on. And has that sort of made you a stronger person in yourself, who you are today? Yeah, of course, you know, I mean, honestly, all of my reactions hasn't been somewhat, I'd say, uh, appropriate, you know, right, positive. So, okay. I mean, no one's perfect, are they? Of course, you know, but honestly, you just grow and just learn and, you know, move on and do better. Mm. And one thing I can't miss about you, Mahi, is your hair. It's crazy. How long has this been going on for? Dreadlocks. Uh, it's been going on for like, I'd say, seven years now. Seven years? Seven years. That, that was quite quick off the spot. Was there anything that made you start growing it? I would say it's the religion. It's actually through the rebellion, I'd say. You know what I mean? Being rebellious, you know, just... I'm just... I, I'm not using... I'm not... Not gonna, I'm not gonna take care of it. Not to yeah. say not take care of it, but it's more like I'm not gonna cut my hair. It looks very and styled, I have to say. That must take years to grow. Yeah, obviously, I've been, I've been, I've been growing it, you know, and taking care of it, you know. And what happened is that in my country, the salt water and the sun, after a period of time, after I'd say after a couple of days, your hair would actually turn red because of the sun bleached. because of the salt the sun it and got... the salt water wow yeah so you have a that's that's what actually turned my hair this color but it's actually naturally black okay but yeah i've been growing it seven years now and throughout my whole seven years i've been learning how to take care of myself where i could style it how i want to style it and wear it you know what what has been a, a favorite style of yours have you tried out a few different things Oh, my favorite style is... There must be one time you looked in the mirror and thought, wow. My one style is kind of, is, is putting it up in one, you know. I love it, I love it up in one. Put it one and us up in a bun, you know. And do you get any inspiration from anywhere with looks? Or is it your thing, is your style? Well, my looks come from, honestly, my looks come from everywhere, you know. Okay. It's where I observe a lot of things and I end up like a lot of ways people use their creative. I mean, their creativity, you know. Because there must have been a few things that you've seen growing up that you caught, sort of took as inspiration and took as a part of you on your journey. Everyone, everyone, everything, everyone, and everything. Everything I appreciate and I observe everything, you know. Who would have thought Turks and Caicos produced so much talent and potential? from such a tiny area. Please make sure to check out Mahi's food and what he has to offer on his Instagram pages that are in the link below. It was so eye-opening there to hear about Mahi's story and his mother that gave him the inspiration 
to begin experimenting in the first place with food. And everyone here at What in the World really hopes to see his vision come to light in the next couple of months when restrictions begin to lift and opportunities start to become available again. But please do remember the name Vibes to Flavours because you heard it here first. So that's it on this episode of What in the World. From the world in America to the movement of how the royal family will transition and continue, it's only a matter of time till we find out the answers. A massive thank you to Mahi as well for discussing and opening up all about the Vibes to Flavours. Until next time, I've been Ollie Dennett, and thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.